Son, verse 14, the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. You know, we were in pretty rough shape if he had to come and die for us. And, they, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Let me make sure. Yeah, I'm on. Verse 16, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm going to read one other verse in Galatians. You don't need to turn to it. Galatians 6.16 says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature, a new creature. I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Spirit of God, I ask you, please. I need your presence. I need strength in my, my voice. I need strength in my body. Father of God, I, I need your wisdom. Holy Spirit, I need your presence. I need your filling. I need you to guide me in every word that I say. Father, I ask you to please come in power this morning. And Lord, wrap your arms around this place. As a mighty hedge of protection to us, we need protection from the evil one. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you turn back every evil that would try to steal away truth today. Father, it's a very simplistic truth, but I'm afraid that we've glossed it over and bypassed it so much and not really focused on the reality of it. So, Lord, I ask you, please, guide us this morning. Be with us. Be with those that are sick and at home and can't be here today. Lord, bless us, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. As the new year approaches, I'd like to just take a, kind of a look at the wonderful opportunity that God gives us each day and each year. You see, you know, the, the day is kind of a, a microcosm of life, and, and it's also of, of the year. The year is the same way. We, you know, we, we have a, a, a cycle, but it's a wonderful thing. We have an opportunity for a new beginning. I'm going to term it this morning a clean slate. You know, God just, he, he, he gives us this new, you know, we go through the darkness and then the, the sun rises. And what it, what it really symbolizes is that we can start that day clean. 
and the new year begins, and you know, we can kind of put it away, and if this has been the worst year of your life, you can sort of put that back. For about five years in a row, I said, this is the worst year of our life. And then, you know, the next year would come, and it was just, uh, it was losses and, and deaths and different things in the family and sicknesses that we just thought, my goodness, you know, when's this going to, well, next year be better, and next year we got slammed again. But, you know, 2019 comes, and we have that opportunity, even though uh, the, the attack and the physical surroundings may not change, the truth is, we don't know what the, the government's going to do. We don't know what our fut- which future holds for our country. We don't know what future holds for each of us individually as far as our health and, and our family. But, but the fact is, we do know that God gives every one of us an opportunity for an absolute clean slate. Now, as I said in my prayer, this is going to be a very simplistic message, but it's just one that we just need to look at again. I think it's a perfect time at the ending of the year and the beginning of a new year. Uh, in the Bible, I see two types of clean slates. They, they're, they're often, but they, sadly, these two slates, so to speak, they're two totally different things, but they're often mixed and confused, and, and it brings a lot of confusion into Christianity. Now, the first one we just read about, there is a day when we have to face the reality of eternity. You know, there is a day that we're going to, we, no matter who we are, no matter how much we try to shove it out of our mind, there is a day where you finally have to just look it square in the eye and realize that, that, some, you know, that I've got to face eternity. I cannot, every breath I take is a breath closer to what we call death, but it's also a breath closer to eternity somewhere. There's a time when we have to recognize that we are temporal in this life and that life in this form must end. You know, that's what drove me to salvation was after a couple of my buddies died as I, as I started looking at myself and thinking at 19, 18, 19 20 years old, it, up to that point, I thought I was invincible. I, I just thought I could do anything. I thought, uh, you know, always said, you know, whatever was asked of me, if they asked me to get faster, I got faster. If they asked me to get stronger, I got stronger. If they asked me to get bigger, I got bigger. It's whatever they asked of me. If they asked me to jump higher, I'd jump higher. It just whatever they asked of me, I would find some way to do but suddenly I was faced with the reality of after seeing or at least knowing about these fellows that were young athletes that died, that suddenly it could be me. That I'm a breath away from eternity. You see, the scripture says in Romans chapter 14, verse 11 and 12, it says, What is written? As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. God says it's an absolute. If you're sitting here this morning, uh, you know, all of us, we are, we're going to face God one day. And, and look, it's not a possibility. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, we have to realize Again, it's going to be very simplistic, but we have to realize that we're all born in sin. We're all born. Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
You see, I, I'm going to uh, give a little illustration this morning. And again, this is old school and it's going to be very simple, simplistic. You say, why do you make it so simplistic? Because I can't do anything else. <laughs> but if this is you and me, at birth, we already have a mark on our lives. When we're conceived, we've already, we've already got, we're already tainted. Now, the scripture says, Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so it's not some of us, every one of us have a mark on us because we come from bad seed. Yeah, we come from man. We're the product of man. We're the product, uh, all of us are the product of Adam. We all come from Adam. And that's all passed down to us. So the question comes then, how can the slate be wiped clean? Because as we live our life, we don't just live with this one stain upon our lives. The truth is, throughout our lives, we sin. And man begins to make wrong decisions. Man begins to sin. Now, whether you can read these or not, I'm not sure, but, but it says, and I've sort of, we had my wife write these so that you'd be able to read them. If I wrote them, you would not. She looked at me and she said, I was trying to work on this last night. She said, do you need help? And I said, yes. But this is sort of the way the Lord listed these I didn't go make up things. These were things that God listed in his word. Adultery. Fornication, which is all kinds of sexual sins. And I'm not going to explain all of these, but strife. You know, that, you know that when we call strife in the family, when we call strife in the church, God said that's a sin. Sedition. Division. You know, there's a whole lot of people that in, in churches that think they're, they're helping the cause of God when they're really living in sin because they're causing conflict in the church, division. Envy, murder, drunkenness, debate, disobedient to parents. He just got a little shocked there. I said disobedient to parents and and he went, lasciviousness, again, you know, a very simplistic term is really, you know, causing someone else to lust. Pornography, liars and thieves and jealousy and, and without natural affection, homosexuality, proud, whisperers. These are just, and of course, it's not an you know, all-inclusive list, because so if yours is not on here, you don't know, think, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> there, these are sins that God listed in the Scripture. That's why we can't back away from homosexuality. It's a sin listed in Scripture. It's made clear in Scripture. Now, this is all here. Man's in trouble. And the scripture says, though, there's a way that we can be clean. 
Now, Brother Hopper, if you'd help me. You see, man has a mark on him from the time he's born because of bad seed. Jesus Christ was born and he had no sin because he didn't have the seed of man. And so it's, it's an amazing thing, but this is such a simplicity thing. Please look at me. This is so important because here's where we have a lot of confusion. But man lives his life, and he just keeps adding on the list. We just keep finding new ways to sin. And we keep finding new ways to justify our sin. And now we live out our life, and I enter into my home, and I think I'm all hide from my sin. But there's someone that's always after me. I was in my dorm room, and November the 8th, 1975, and getting ready to go out and party one more time, and I was hidden away in my room, but someone came to me. And that someone, as the Bible says, that he will come and he'll knock. And he knocked a long time in my life. But he kept knocking. November the 8th, 1975, I let him in. And he came in, and Scripture said that something happened to me that day. Something took place, and here's what we're confused about. Somehow we believe that Jesus came to me, and he helped me turn over a new leaf, and he helped me to clean up my life. But the truth is, I could not clean up anything off of my life that was written in my life. He said I had to become a new creature. And so when I walked out of that room that night, I was a new man. No, he didn't clean up my old life. I was a new man. I hunted till I found one that was gold trimmed because I'm on my way to heaven. And I was a new man. You know why I was a new man? Because Jesus, come on out. Because Jesus took my sin upon him. Now, truthfully, this is how you could have a clean slate this year, today. Because Jesus didn't just start erasing or scratching out the stuff on my old life. He made me a new creature. I'm not the same. I, many times I'll tell people, I've, I, I look back in my life, and I think it's like, like two different lives. Well, it was. I can't even comprehend where I was. In a lot of ways, I look back and I think, that wasn't me. Well, it wasn't because I'm a new creature. Amen. A new creature. Because all of my sin is on Jesus. Now, there's a second way to become a new creature. Or not a new creature, I'm sorry, to have your slate wiped clean. 
That says, you'll be able to come here and hold this for me if you will. I said I'd bring her up because she has her new outfit on. <laughs> and the new boots that I got her. <laughs> if that isn't love. <laughs> now, you see, here's where the confusion is. The moment I sin, and, I, and there's going to be a reason I'm going to do it in a different color here. Say I tell a lie. Is it possible that after getting saved that you could tell a lie? Hello? If you say no, you just did. Okay? So I can tell a lie. Now, the moment, even though it's on here, the moment I tell the specific lie, lie, that moment went on Jesus eternally. Eternally, that sin went on Jesus. But do you understand? I've got to deal with this. You see, there's another passage of Scripture. The Scripture says this is, uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says this, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So it must be talking to believers, right? For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. So this is clear. This is a Christian. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, Come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, he, you're already saved, so he's not saying he's going to receive you for salvation. He's not saying that at all. Listen, he says this, Wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You see, God commands the Christian to come out from among them and be separate. God commands the Christian to, to, to cleanse themselves from filthiness. That means Christians can get filthy. Amen. That means Christians can get dirty. And if there's a, is, look, if there's a truth that you could grasp, there's two things. These are the most vital two truths maybe I could give you for 2019. And that means for every day of your life that if you do not know that you've been behind that door and come out a new creature, if you don't know that you're a new creature, you need to become a new creature. You need your slate wiped clean. Because if you die, you take that last breath without Jesus Christ. If you take that last breath without your sin being put on his record, you'll have to pay for that sin eternally. But as a Christian, as a new man, I can still sin. 
And that sin, though, immediately, eternally went on Jesus. But temporally, I've got to deal with it. God says I need to cleanse it. The slate daily, moment by moment, as we fail and as we fall into sin in this flesh, we should confess that sin to God that our new life might remain clean. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The moment I confess my sin to God, he does this. And I'm clean again. Now, eternally, that sin's already over here. It's on Jesus. But in this life, I need it. Why is it so important that I remain clean? These sins have no effect on my eternal life, but they have great effect on my temporal life. And on the life, listen, it's so important on the life of others that I may have influence over. I may even become, as Romans warns us, Romans 14, 13 says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Do you know what sin remaining in my life, you know what sin as a Christian in my life, you know what it does? Yes, it affects my relationship to my father, we are distant, just like me with one of my daughters. If they, if they uh, have a bad attitude toward me, we have a little bit of a conflict in our relationship, but they don't stop being my daughter. They don't stop being, I don't stop being their father, but we have a separation of relationship. But when it's cleaned up, that relationship is sweet. But there's another thing, that sin in my life can affect and be a stumbling block to others. You know, one of the great harms, one of the things that's really hurt Christianity in this world, in America especially, that I know about, one of the great things that has hurt is Christians not living like Christians. Christians living in sin, in habitual sin. To the point that sometimes you wonder if they really are cleansed eternally but they represent themselves as a Christian and sadly many are but what they are is a stumbling block we need to wipe the slate clean and start a new day start a new year thank you y'all can please thank you A clean slate with God is possible no matter how spiritually low we've gone. Do you understand, and I probably should have kept it, if you understand no matter how much is written, and and I'll be honest with you, sometimes we, as I said, sometimes you begin to, in your own heart and mind, question whether somebody has ever really been, had their first slate clean, been born again. Because as a new creature, man, they're just sin and sin and sin and just 
But I'm here to tell you that, that there's no way, only you and God can know if you really are the new man. But I'm going to tell you this, no matter how much is written on your slate today, every bit of it can be wiped clean. I'm not saying you're never going to struggle with it again. I'm saying that everything today, you can start today with a clean slate. You can be wiped clean. Now, here's one of the things. Satan will come to you and he'll say, oh, you, you don't want to be wiped clean. You don't want to be cleansed. Uh, you don't, you don't, why even try to do that? Because you'll just go back to it. You'll just fail tomorrow. You'll fail this evening. You'll end up messing up tonight. Okay, listen to me. It would be a whole lot better to be clean for a few hours than not be clean at all. And there's no hope that you'll ever go for another day unless you start by being clean in the first place. Don't listen to the devil's lie when he'll say, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. I, I, I just had a testimony that, that uh, from drugs and alcohol and, and, and a life of, uh, of that kind of addiction, uh, Jesus Christ came in and they were set free. And how many years? 30-something years? Listen to me. What you need right now is quit listening to the lie, and this is what you do. Cleanse it. You say, well, what happens if I mess up here in an hour? Oh, okay. Guess what? You might do that. Let me just make you a guarantee. If you're married, you probably will. <laughs> and I'm not going to put what sin down here, but... But you sin here in an hour. Before you even get out of church, you did. What am I going to do? Why even try? No, this is so wonderful. There is no time frame on 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from our sin. Uh, uh, forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he, what? he does it right then. And you're cleansed again. And 15 minutes later, you're in the car driving home. Guess what? Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Say, what should I do right now? Get rid of it. God, I'm sorry. I acted a fool. I shouldn't have been that way. I should be impatient like that. I shouldn't say those things. I shouldn't get angry. I'd like to tell you that you're going to go the whole, you know, you're going to get to a point where you just won't ever have anything on there again. But let me just be honest with you, that ain't going to happen. So you better have God's eraser. I should have written 1 John 1, 9 on here because he'll take it away again. He'll just keep doing it. You see, it's kind of like we start a whole new year of life when we come and get a clean slate with Jesus for salvation. And then all through the year, there's days. Every day is a new day. Well, God says you can be clean again and again. And this is what you want. You want to feel clean. And you'd, I know, I know we'd like to just never have to have a mark on here again. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice just never get upset again? Wouldn't it be nice to just never get impatient again? 
Never get angry again. Never fall to that weakness that you have that just seems that, man, no matter how hard I try, uh, man, it, it, I just seem to, it seems to creep back on me. But thank God he gave us an eraser. It's not an excuse eraser. It's one that we really would pray, God, I'd love to not have to use it very much. But, Father, I want to use it as often as I need it and immediately. So a clean slate with God is possible no matter how spiritually low we've gone. Number two, a clean slate with God begins when we start to focus on the cross, not on ourselves. This whole life is not lived for ourselves. It's for Jesus. It's for his purpose. Number three, a clean slate with God must focus on obedience to his word, not just on simply being clean. You see, here's what happens. We look at that verse and we say, well, if we confess our sin, well, okay, God, I sinned, so everything's okay now. Now, Proverbs 28, 13 probably says it best. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You see, in confession, there's, there's, it's a, a dual concept. In confession, it's an admission but in that admission, it's an admission to God, not just that you did it. It's an admission to God that he is right and you are wrong. Therefore, you should not be doing it again. There ought to be a desire inside to say, Lord, please, I don't want to do this again. You say, what happens when you do it again? The desire is in there as I confess it to God. God, I did it again, but I ask you, please, as you cleanse me from it today, help me, empower me, strengthen me that I don't want to do it again. Do you have anything that that just, right now the devil's beating you down and told you you can't get over it? You can't give it up. You can't master it. You can't. Listen, I'm telling you, you got to quit listening to the lie of the devil. God can make your slate clean. And I may not, you may not go the rest of your life and never sin that particular sin again. But I can tell you this, if you really desire not to do it, it'll be longer before it happens next time. And maybe after the next time, it'll be even longer. And maybe after the next time, it'll be even longer. There's things that when I first got saved, it was just to get through a day and not do it. It, was, it would have been a miracle. And then to get through a week, it's like, wow, I can't believe a week. And now it, three, you know, a month and then three months and six months and a year. And then suddenly you look back and say, at least this one area of my life, it just, you know what, I may fail again, but bless God, it's been a long time. Why? Because I desire not to be dirty. I desire not to have to have God cleanse me again. But I'm sure thankful that he will. 
and that he can. It'd be a wonderful place if everybody in, in this room this morning could start out today. Now, I understand we're sort of a day premature, but let's start our new year a little early. Start today with a clean slate. Is your slate clean eternally? Is it really clean? Is all of your sin on Jesus? Has there been a time where he knocked on your heart and you said, God, come on in. Jesus, I accept you. I receive you as my Savior. I accept you and I receive that gift of eternal life. At that moment, all of that sin immediately was put on his board. So I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Is your slate clean? We as Christians, I say in this, I'm done here, but we as Christians, we maybe the great the great enemy that we have is allowing sin to remain too long. It could have been wiped clean, but it's been on our record and on our slate for days, maybe weeks. And you know what it does? It causes you to start doubting your salvation. It causes you to start doubting that God can't clean you up. It starts doubt, causing you to doubt that you can ever win in this battle. Don't listen to that lie. He can cleanse you today if you'll confess it. Now, I know this is, uh, this is not the type of invitation time, you know, because, man, you know, if I walk forward, they're going to think I've got some kind of sin in my life. Let me just tell you, right now, probably, unless you're being really smart and confessing to God while I'm preaching, you've probably got something written on your slate right now. Because you're human. Watch this. Not you. We probably have something written on our slate right now. That's why sometimes when I pray, and I'm sometimes really most of the time I pray, I ask God to reveal to me, show me my sin. I think it's a little bit about David said a secret sin. Just sometimes, I guess we can just get so accustomed to sin that we kind of forgot that we sinned. Or we didn't recognize that we sinned. But if God reveals it and tells you it's wrong, that's why what you do should be based on the Word of God, and that's why I listed sins in the Word of God. Because we can't say, well, I don't think that's a sin. You can, but you're going to have to argue with God about it. Father, I ask you to bless here this morning. Lord, I pray that we as people would hear the truth of the Word of God. It's very... Again, very simplistic illustration. Lord, I pray that this morning, that's, if there's somebody that doesn't truly know for sure they're going to heaven, if they, if they in their heart, they wondered, was all of their sin on Jesus? Has there ever been a time where they came out a new creature? A new man or woman?
if they have that confusion or that doubt about that, Lord, that that would be settled this morning. And Father, for all of us, me included, that you'd reveal to us anything in our life that needed to be confessed. And in that confession, understanding, Lord, you're right, I'm wrong, and it's something I don't need to do again. I don't want to do again. The head's bowed, now it's closed. I want to ask you, if you're here this morning, you say, I know for sure if I die to go to heaven, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm not perfect. But I know that there was a time and a place where I went behind the door, so to speak. Jesus knocked, and I came out with a clean slate. I know that I was saved. I know Jesus saved my life. If that was you, would you raise your hand and say, I know I'm on my way to heaven. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I know I'm on my way to heaven. There's no doubt about it. Would you raise your hand for me? Now you can put your hands down. If I'm going to ask you just very simply, if you have any doubt about that, you say, I, I battle with it. It's conflicted in my mind. I, I, I think so, hope so, but I really always had these eternal sort of doubts, these, these, these eating at me sort of inside my gut that I don't know for sure if I'd either go to heaven. I'd like to know. I'd like to know that all my sin is on Jesus and I would never have to pay for it, but I, I don't know that for sure. If that's you, and I, please, I, I don't want to embarrass you. I'll send somebody to you or we'll help you in any way that we can help you, but if you, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, would you raise your hand for me right now and say, please pray for me. I don't know for sure if I died, I go to heaven. Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand and just say, I don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven. God bless you. Anybody else? You say, that's me. I don't know for sure if I die to go to heaven. All right. I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for these who raise their hands. Lord, I pray that we would be the kind of Christians we should be. And Lord, I pray that if there's as this one that raised a hand, Lord, I pray that he would find for sure that he's on his way to heaven. Get that settled. And Father, I pray that you please help us as Christians to be what you would have us to be. And now I'm just like I ask you, would you be honest this morning? I'm not going to look around. I'm, I'm not going to look to see if you raise your hand. I'm going to ask everybody with heads bowed and eyes closed. But if you'd say, I, I want to admit that there's an area of my life that's a battle, an area where I know that I should not be doing it, and it comes back, and, and I, but I, I want to right now confess that to God. I, I want to confess it to him, and, and I want to truly in my heart desire to forsake it. I need God's mercy. I need him uh, and his grace in my life. If that's you and you say, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll admit it. I'm not even going to be looking around now, but if that's you, I just want to make this gesture. Uh, would you raise your hand right now before God? I'm raising my hand. There's areas of my life that I need to, I need to one more time say, God, help me to go a little longer. Help me to, to, to overcome. Help me to be set free from these things. And, and, and Lord, I pray that you please bless us. And, and Lord, if there's anyone, I'm not looking. So if there's anybody that has their hand up, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But Lord, if there's anybody else like me that needs to confess their failure to you, to needs to confess their sin to you. Uh, Lord, I pray that we do that, begin to do that right now. And as we enter into this invitation, that we would see uh, ourselves, that we would do this for you, Lord, uh, that we would have our day today. We'd start it with a clean slate as we confess 
to you our sin. As she plays, if you'd like to all stand, and if you'd like to come to this altar and take this as a few moments to just pray, and, and maybe there's an area of your life, that, an area where you're maybe quick, you know, I, I, I've been for much of, of my life, and God has given me not the total victory, but, but so much of a victory. You know, I, I was a, a, an angry young man, and I was quick-tempered and hot-tempered young man, and, and God's, God's been so good to me. But when it rises up again in me, that's one of the things I have to do. I have to go back and say, dear God, thank you that, it, that it's been a long time. But, Lord, I ask you, please forgive me of my impatience and forgive me of my anger and forgive me of this this temper, Lord. Cleanse me from it. And, and, and hopefully, prayerfully, it'll be a long, long time before I ever have to do it in that particular one again. But I've been honest with you. Is there something in your life, is there something in your life that you'd kneel at your seat, come to this altar and say, God, let me have a clean slate. I want to begin this year with a clean slate in this area of my life. Help me overcome this and be victorious in this area.